The Audacious Woman was an opportunity for me to bring a small group of women together and guest speakers. And so we actually are spending this entire year working on um, rewriting our limiting beliefs and the stories that we've told ourselves that really Mm -hmm. have got us in, like we need to get out of our own way. Mm -hmm. So this program isn't about like helping women build a business or, you know, any of that. It is literally helping her honor her the woman, the individual, so that we can take care of her. So then she has the capacity to show up in these areas that she wants. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but she's doing it in a way now where she has boundaries. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome back to the show, guys. Today, I'm chatting with Jen Pike, who is a functional nutritionist and medical exercise specialist. She specializes in women's health and hormones and is the best-selling author of The Simplicity Project, as well as her two cookbooks, The Simplicity Kitchen and The Simplicity Body. She is the founder of the global and revolutionary women's health programs, The Hormone Project, Synced, and her Simplicity Body Movement Series. These programs are dedicated to teaching women what they should have known about their bodies all along, the incredible healing abilities, wisdom, and power their bodies hold, and how to bring them to life. I hope you guys learn a lot. I know I did. We get into, you know, the effects of the birth control pill and what to look out for in our cycle. Um, You know, it's always, always so interesting learning about us as females because we are truly magical. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Long time no talk. I was actually just on your podcast last week and it was super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We chatted everything, health, hormones, fitness, women empowerment. We covered a lot. So stay tuned for that, guys. Um, Yeah. It'll be releasing soon. Can't wait for it. Awesome. Awesome. Where, where, where can people find your podcast? It's the simplicity Simplicity sessions. Yeah. So it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Yeah. And if they go to Instagram, like to Jen Pike, um, and we'll, you know, we create graphics and we'll share it with you and then you can share it on your page. So they'll be able to find it everywhere. Awesome. I'm so excited. And those of you that don't know Jen, she is a best-selling author of The Simplicity Project, and she's a hormone healing mama, also a mama of two herself. And she is the founder of the Global and Revolutionary Women's Health Programs, The Hormone Project, synced with her Simplicity Body Movement series. And Jen, I have to say, I just love your content about hormones and how they really are our health report card. 
Yeah. And today we're going to get into all the goods when it comes to healthy hormones and also chatting about the birth control pill. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually super pumped to learn from you because as you know, I've had my fair share of of hormonal issues. And when I see these types of things in my clients now, I refer them out for extra testing so I can provide them with a better protocol towards their goals. So I'm really excited to tap into your knowledge today. Thank you again for joining me. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. I love talking about this stuff. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to like go into your story. What was like your aha moment when you felt the need to take better care of yourself and your hormones? Like, did you go through any hormonal imbalances yourself? Well, what was interesting for my story is that, um, you know, I grew up from a very young age uh, with exercise, a regular part of my life. And I was going to the gym with my dad when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I I started teaching group exercise when I was 17. And simultaneously, you know, you and I were talking about this in our episode together, but I was modeling at the same time as well. And so I was, I was being exposed to in a lot of incidences, an unhealthy side of the industry where a lot of the girls were suffering from eating disorders and different mm-hmm. things like that. And and I was told at, oh God, I'd say 80% of my castings, like you need to lose just an inch here. You need to lose a little oh. bit there. And and I was slimmer than I am now. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm this teen and this young girl and very impressionable. And you know, I remember like one day trying to like not eat and one day trying to do, you know, way more cardio. And I was just like, that feels horrible. Like, do not sign me up for that. I'm not interested. And so I continued to pursue the career for a while. Um, And mainly that was just because I wanted to earn money to pay for school coming down the road, but I never did any of the things that I was, I was told to do. And so I always had this intuitive part of me that was just like, that doesn't feel like that is in alignment Mm. with my body. And I had that from a young age when I started to teach group exercise. And then I went away to school for human anatomy, biomechanics, and became a personal trainer after I was working with a lot of athletes in the beginning. And that was a totally different, it was a totally different game. They had, you know, the team behind them, they had, you know, nutritionist and Cairo, and they had a village supporting their growth. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing that with these athletes, I was working part-time at a gym in the town. I grew up in a new market and I was working with women, primarily moms. And I was not a mom yet. And I was just marveled by these women who were raising their kids, working full-time, running to the gym at the end of the day, trying to carve out space for themselves. And I, I, I share this story often. I remember this one day training a woman and I was like, you are the athlete of everyday life. Like I'm working with athletes who their whole life is set up for them to be successful, but like you're making it happen. You know, like you had this very intentionally, you're doing this on purpose. And so I just became so much more enamored working with women and the female body than I did working with the athletes. And as I was, you know, continuing to train women and started to do more with nutrition, I've been a holistic nutritionist. I'm going into my 20th year of practice um, and I'm now a functional diagnostic nutritionist. And what I started to notice, Jenny, was that we would get results with the nutrition and with the movement, but there were still missing pieces. Their symptoms that they were talking to me about, their struggle with weight loss, their hair loss, their menstrual cycle irregularities, their fertility problems, their inability to sleep. The, the food and the movement would help, but it wasn't going deep enough. And so then I started to deepen my studies and learn how to properly read blood work. And then went back to school and learned more about the endocrine system because the hormones seemed to be the common denominator in every woman I was working with, mm-hmm. regardless of her age. And so then I became a mom myself. 
And so 15 years ago, I was pregnant with my first with, with my daughter, Emerson. And, um, you know, I had a great pregnancy, great delivery, all of that. My postpartum was a gong show. Um, you know, she cried for nine hours a day for nine months and I completely lost myself in, in that time. And I lost a lot of weight and I wasn't taking care of myself and I was surviving and my thyroid was starting to not do so well. My adrenals, you know, took a backseat to everything. And, um, I really started to feel it and other people around me were noticing it as well too. And that again, it was a wake up call. And I was like, I've got to do something different. So I started to work with a natural path. I started to do more functional testing and I really started to understand the chemistry of my body, not the other woman I knew who just had a baby or, you know, my sister or my mom, my chemistry. And that was really empowering for me. And it created another opportunity for me to be like, okay, if this is what's different for my body, I, I need to start to take this very bio-individual approach with all of my clients and the women that I'm working with as well. And, um, you know, and I, and I started to do that and I went on to have, a, you know, another child, um, our son, who's almost 13, very completely different experience. We and I were talking about this, you know, it's yeah. like same two parents, same people <laughs> coming together to have a child. And it's like, not the opposite. Yeah, where did come from? <laughs> right, <laughs> complete opposite. Uh, well, even like giving birth to Sam, like my husband and I are both dark hair. I'm green eyes. My husband is brown eyes. Our daughter is, you know, dark hair and brown eyes. My son is tanned blonde with crystal blue eyes. <laughs> We're like genes are like, so crazy. <laughs> It's like every recessive gene pulled together to create Sam. My husband always laughed and he's like, if you did not have this child at home, I would definitely be asking like more, like, did we get switched at birth? Um, But yeah, so it just became, you know, I've always been fascinated by the human body. Always. I, I think it is the most amazing, beautiful creation of life. And The more I was working with women and how disconnected they were from their body and the language they would use about their body, like, I hate Mm. my period, this is a curse, Mm -hmm. and my body's broken, and, you know, nothing's working for me, and I'm just a disaster, and, you know, pinching themselves, and and I was just like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And part of that was, none of us have been educated properly. So I can remember being in high school at like 15, 16 years old, and I can remember being in health class and being taught things and then going into the change room with all of my girlfriends and being like, so everything we were just taught, not actually the full story. And I was reading books at the ages of 16 and 17, like Taking Charge of Your Fertility, Women's Wisdom, Women's Bodies by Dr. Christian Northrup. Like, this is, this is my purpose. Like, I just, in every cell of my body, I, I, I knew, I knew. And so, yeah, so as my own body was going through this, and then after I had Sam, I struggled with um, postpartum acne for a long time, for a long time. And that was new for my system. And it was androgenic based. And this is when I started to do deeper hormonal testing to get Mm -hmm. to the root of like, what is going on? It's also where I started to do a lot of the research into the impacts of having been on the birth control pill. Because, you know, much like many other young girls, like at the age of 15, I went on the pill. I didn't have any menstrual problems. I didn't have acne. I went on the pill because I knew I was going to be making some decisions coming up and I used it for birth control and I stayed on it until I was 22. And the reason I came off is 
about a year after I graduated from school to become a nutritionist, I went to a workshop that was being hosted about estrogen dominance. And I'd not really known much about estrogen dominance. I'd kind of heard about it in passing. And this doctor was lecturing all about the birth control pill, the impacts. And I just sat there gobsmacked. I was how did my doctor never ask me any of these questions, tell me any of the implications and the side effects, explain to me that that period that I had, I'm using quotations, for seven years was not actually a period. It was a chemical withdrawal bleed that I didn't ovulate once in all of those years, that that pill can permanently impact the DNA of your liver for the rest of your life, that it can suppress or increase sex hormone binding globulin. Like I was just like, what in the heck? Like, how are we letting girls go on this and, and it was not the quickest prescription? I remember, it like, is. yeah, it is. I, the I got it like that. My friends got it like that right after. Like, it was, yeah, yeah. like and everybody more, I knew was on it. Everyone, and and you'd be blown away to know, like, because I work with women, you know, all the way into their 70s, I have women who come to me in their 50s that are still being prescribed mm-hmm. the pill by their mm-hmm. doctors because they're struggling through uh, menopause. And so it's crazy and it's become ubiquitous as being a woman. It's just like, oh yeah, like it's like a multivitamin, right? Like, yeah, you just want a day. And we don't realize because we're not being taught the long-term effects of being on that. And I, I left that workshop and it was the very last day I took a pill and I was like, okay, I'm done. I know I want to be a mom at some point. It's not right now at 22 years old. And I started to track my cycle, which I had been doing since I was 17 when I was reading these books, but no one told me I wasn't having a real period. So I was just tracking my pill. Yeah. 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 So then I really started to, exactly. Yeah. So I really started to track and, um, you know, yeah. So, and, and here we are now I'm 41. Wow. Wow. I love that you like, I love that you mentioned that you just you knew to dig deeper, you know, because I feel like so many women, um, they, they just feel like they are going to feel better if they do the next diet or if they just work out harder. And it's not, it's not that simple. You know, I'm dealing with a lot of women too, that, you know, sometimes their weight's just not budging and it, it, and, and that's when I do send them out for extra testing because it's almost always some sort of hormonal imbalance that comes back or thyroid, um, dysfunction. Right. So, um, I, I was reading one of your posts the other day about like your period and your cycle are not the same thing. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah. So our period, which is our, our bleed or bleed Mm -hmm. week, this is what we've been taught is like the main event. And the only thing we need to pay attention to but it's actually the final of four separate phases that our body goes through. And it's the culmination. It's the result of the life that we have been living in those weeks and phases leading up into it. So your period is when you bleed. Your cycle is the length from the first day of that period all the way through until you get your very next period. And that cycle length is made up of four different phases. And I know you have had um, Stephanie, a friend of ours, Dr. Stephanie Estima yeah. on talking mm-hmm. about that as well too. But that's what my whole um, online studio and movement series synced is based on is us moving and nourishing and really optimizing our bodies as women based on these four different phases. Because if you are someone that is dealing with menstrual irregularity or a difficult period, painful clotting, uh, things like that, the clues are not often found within the period themselves. They're found within the other you know, days and weeks that are leading into that bleed itself. 
Yeah. I think that I didn't like as a, as a woman, I didn't really pay attention to that. You know, as a, as a teenager, I would just pay attention to how awful my periods were. And then I think when you go into those years of trying to have a baby, you, you know, learn about that. You learn when you ovulate. I mean, that's the, the, the big one to have a baby. Right. So, and then I learned very quickly that I I had a very short um, luteal phase. So from ovulation to, you know, your period, that phase there. So um, I love that you educate women on that. Um, how would you, uh, like, how would you navigate around a woman's cycle in terms of, um, training and eating around their cycle? Yeah. So the first actual phase is referred to as the follicular phase. And so that mm. is from like the day after your period ends. So this is usually when most women are like, oh my gosh, like I feel like myself again, my energy is good. I I'm like, I'm ready. I'm raring to go. Like her cognition is higher. And so from a training perspective, we are, we want to put off the increase of our estrogen and testosterone at this time. Cause those two hormones are, are climbing pretty steadily in that week. So this is a great time to actually lift heavier. You also, from a tendon and ligamental perspective, are stronger and more stable at those times. So this is when you would want to go for some of your heavier, stronger lifts, probably lowering your repetition range um, and, and going heavier. So that's something to think about. When you're coming out of that follicular phase, you want to then be thinking, okay, your body is getting ready for ovulation, which as you said, it's it's, it's very important. It's actually the most important part of our cycles. The ovulation is actually the main event. And when that happens and we actually release an egg from the ovary, your body uses that as raw material to break it down and actually create progesterone. And then the health and quality of our progesterone is what helps to keep a long, healthy luteal phase, which typically is going to be anywhere from 10 to 14 days. Ovulation is a great time to like ovulation, even if you think of it, this is where like, it's like, look at me, we're feeling more vivacious. It's a very, you know, sharp period of time. Mm-hmm. You feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Some women don't. I want to say that though, because okay. some women, if they have menstrual issues, some can actually be very crampy, very emotional, tender, swollen breast for the couple of days. Mm-hmm. Ovulatory period, we usually buffer it and say it can be anywhere from two to four days. And so for a woman who maybe doesn't get the estrogen, testosterone peak coming into it, or she doesn't actually have um, regular healthy ovulation, it can kind of rock her a little bit. Oh, interesting. That being said for the woman who is having a regular cycle and she's like, no, I I feel, I know when I ovulate and I feel great. This is a good time to be bringing in high intensity interval training to be, you know, doing that power spin class to be doing that thing that like you don't do all the time, but when you're in the zone, you're like, this is going to be the day I'm going to go and do that session. When you're coming into your luteal phase, you are now having a dip in that estrogen and testosterone, and now your Mm -hmm. progesterone is starting to climb. You will have a second buildup of the estrogen before you actually come into your period. But this window, which is the longest for most women, this is where you still want to do your resistance training, but now you're really focusing on maybe decreasing the load and maybe you are amplifying the amount of repetitions. Maybe you're doing slightly higher repetitions. You're really focusing on your quality and on your control. It's a great time to do some tempo work as well. So really playing around with your eccentric and concentric lifts, your pauses, um, those types of things. And as you're starting to move towards the later end of that, yoga and Pilates, uh, things that are going to help to bring you more integrated into your body. 
because you're preparing for your bleed. Your bleed is, it's like that winter season. It's the hibernation. It's really a reflective time to go inward and to take care of our bodies. Mm -hmm. And if you are cranking up the intensity all the way to the 11th hour, that can set you up for maybe not having the healthiest experience leading into your period. That's very interesting. And I, and I, I know myself, like I don't feel as though I have so much energy for my workouts that, that week leading into my period, you know? So I tend to shorten my workouts, just, you know, listening to my body a little bit more. Yeah. Um, What would you say, like, what would you say the most common hormone imbalances are that you see and what can maybe like people look out for? So there's a lot um, yeah. because we, we and, be and again, a couple hours. well, this is it, right? Um, yeah. Like I run a four month course on this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's, this is the thing is that we hear the word hormones and it's, it's like, we think we can just kind of do one thing and, and all the pieces are going to fall into place. Um, but a lot of the symptoms, so definitely it can show up in the period, no period, heavy period, painful clotting, um, you know, exacerbated PMS. This isn't just like, I'm a little bit kind of edgy and moody a few days. It's my family wants to move out. I don't recognize myself. (laughs) I'm like explosive in my responses. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why am I being like this? Sleep becomes interrupted. Your skin is changing. So skin changes could be anything from acne to hives. Hives has a huge connection to what's happening um, within our endocrine system and also our gut, our immune system. So it's very common with thyroid issues like Hashimoto's. We can start Mm. to see that. Um, Hair thinning, hair loss, um, brittle nails, those types of things. Anxiety and depression is another big one for women that are struggling hormonally. And, And then from there, honestly, Jenny, it can show up in many different ways, just depending on that woman. And, you know, that's the thing is if we were to have a panel of a hundred different women, they would have a hundred different ways of describing, you know, how they feel. Libido is going to shift throughout the month, even like noticing cervical mucus, the bowels can change as well too. So many of the hormones that are responsible for healthy digestion and motility, you know, helping you to have a healthy bowel movement every day, which we need to properly detoxify excess hormones and estrogen, they can also be downregulated and, um, and cause some issues too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in and, terms and, of where to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where does um, somebody start? <laughs> so honestly, the, the first place to start is allowing yourself to observe, like mm-hmm. really connect mm-hmm. to your body. And I always say to women, um, I'm a huge fan of writing and, and journaling, but just making some notes and jotting some things down. So maybe this is something that you just keep a little notebook next to your bed. And at the end of the day, you just kind of go back to the day and like, ask yourself, how did I actually feel today? And you note down some of those things. Um, if you still have a menstrual cycle, I highly recommend using a period tracker app so that you can in those apps, a lot of them, I love period tracker is my favorite because it's very simple for women, right? Yeah, we, we exactly. love to think we want bells and whistles and mm-hmm. all the stuff, but don't overcomplicate it. We want to track when, and if you're spotting, when you have your actual period, what are your symptoms? You can code this in it with like cramps, backache, migraines, mood swings, emotional, whatever it may be. So the first step is really start to recognize how do you really feel? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. step one. Then the other thing that I would say is, okay, now that you understand like how you feel, 
can you identify what some of those triggers feel like for you? Like, what are the things that can send you over the edge? That's step two, right? The other thing is then looking at if you're really honest with yourself, where do you feel like some of the pieces of your life? Like if you, every time you look at your calendar, you feel paralyzed, like somebody just stood on your chest because there's no space in it. That's going to impact you dramatically. Yeah. Right. Because we forget to realize that hormones are chemicals Mm -hmm. and you know, they are level of stress and our stress hormones. They're like a puppeteer. Mm. And so if you're constantly panicked and overwhelmed and, and you don't feel safe in your body either, there's going to be a cascading, you know, amount of, of symptoms and results that are going to happen going deeper than that. I would highly recommend working with a practitioner where this is what they do. Like this is their lane. This is their passion. And I would start to get some testing done. So the hard part is that we've been trained to go to our doctor first Mm-hmm. And the difficult part when it comes to hormones for women is that you're most likely going to be disregarded. You are most likely going to ask for tests that your doctor is going to say, nope, I don't, I don't think you actually need to get that. You will almost always have to pay out of pocket, yeah. especially in North America, to get the test you actually need to get the answers. Because you and I live in Ontario, and this is you know countrywide. What our OHIP covers is basic hematology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you go in and say to your doctor, I want to get full blood work, well, they'll give you the full blood work, but only what's covered. If yeah. you don't know specifically what to ask for, yeah. then you will probably be told you're fine. Your, your yeah. results are like, you're great. And yeah. you leave the office going, I'm great, but I feel like absolute crap. So what's yeah. going on? Yeah. You need some guidance there, right? You need some guidance to yeah. tell you what exactly you need. I, I went through this with my two miscarriages. I was like, okay, I know there's something going on. Like I want to dig deeper into this. And I reached out to, um, some of my, you know, fellow people within the health space, uh, Sam, we both know Sam very well. And yeah. she helped guide me on what to exactly ask for from yeah. my doctor. Um, you know, seeking out like really taking your health into your own hands and doing some of your own research. So, you know, because again, if you just go to the doctor and just let them know a few symptoms, they're probably going to try to just, you know, give you something, you know, write you a prescription or say that you're fine. Right. Yeah. And that is the sad reality is that there, you know, the, unfortunately what happens to most women when they go in with symptoms, like we've talked about is the first prong is you're fine. The second prong is let's put you on the pill or an IUD. Mm-hmm. The third prong is maybe you need an antidepressant. Yeah. And so you're just yeah. suppressing women. And so this yeah. is why we don't, we don't feel empowered or confident enough to stand up for what we're feeling and what's going on. And, and so we just move through life suffering and we clink wine glasses over it and cheers to our other girlfriends yeah. who also feel like crap. And we're just like, this is just yeah. the rite yeah. of passage being a woman shitty. Yeah. eh? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it does not have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way at all, but we need an up leveling of what we understand and know about our bodies. We need it for us. We need it for our kids Mm -hmm. because I'm raising a girl and a boy and my son knows just as much as my daughter because I, well, you know, here's the thing is that the way that boys respond to the changes, you know, girls going through in their class or, you know, it happens to every girl, you're going to leak, your period is going to come through your pants at some point in your life. And and Mm -hmm. it's going to happen in public. And I've always said to our son, Sam, like, 
I want you to be the boy that takes your sweater off and gives it to her to tie around her waist. And if anybody Aww. else makes fun, you don't like you. And it, so he, we've, I've That's brought so him funny. up to under, <laughs> I'm gonna be crying right now. <laughs> That's so sweet. I'm, I'm going to do um, the same with my boys when they're now you make me age. cry from doing yeah. that, but it's, well, think about it. Like for every girl, you, I think every woman has gone through a traumatic experience around her period, which then just further embeds the shame and embarrassment around it. And like, it's something Mm. dirty and we need to hide. And I like say to guys, listen, bud, you wouldn't even be here if our bodies didn't do this. Like, hello, (laughs) you know, you you can't want to exist and be here and not understand and and appreciate and and love the fact that a woman's body can do this. So yeah, I think the education is a big part of it. And, um, you know, just there's, it just, it like crushes me when I talk to so many women who have lived in a body that they feel so disconnected to and have blamed for so long. And I'm like, you are not the problem. This system is, Yeah, we have been failed by the system because we are not being educated. We're being sold. We're being mm-hmm. marketed. We're mm-hmm. being advertised to, we are not being educated. And if you look at the statistics from the ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, more than 60% of women are put on the pill, not for birth control reasons. The number one, number two medications for women are antidepressants and thyroid medication. And the amount of women that are unnecessarily having parts of their body and organs physically and surgically removed unnecessarily because no one's doing the further testing yeah. or helping this woman, no one's teaching her lifestyle changes mm-hmm. that, you know, can make a change. It, um, you know, it like, it makes me mad, but it keeps this flame stoked in me of like, yeah. I get up every day you and I'm get like, out there. yep, let's keep going. Hey, I just wanted to take a little one minute pause and share with you that this episode is brought to you by my sponsors, Pure Vita Labs, makers of my very favorite protein powder. Go to pvl.com to get 20% off your purchase using my code STRONGGIRLS20, all one word, all caps. That's pvl.com and discount code STRONGGIRLS20. Let's just go back a little bit to the birth control pill. I know you touched on it a few times, but um, I mean, I know this is a big one. I was I was put on the pill when I was like 13 because I had really, really bad periods. Um, and that's what the doctor did, just put me on the pill. And I remember like in my 20s, I had very, very bad mood swings. And it was looking back because I, when I weaned myself off the pill, when I took myself off the pill, I was okay. So can we get into like what the birth control pill, some of the effects and like maybe some of the later effects, what have you seen there? A lot. Um, So there, number one, there are a lot of different types of birth control pills. So, you know, when you and I were growing up and being put on these in the nineties and the two thousands, there was like, you know, tricycline, orthotricycline, Marvalon, orthocept 21, you know, at that point, like a lesson, maybe Diane 35 were coming onto the marketplace. There are, you know, new pills that are coming onto the market all the time now. So no two pills are created the same. Okay. Um, which is why women can have such vast differences in their experience. So if you have somebody like yourself where you had these painful, very uncomfortable menstrual cycles, that is a hormonal imbalance happening right there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes about a decade for us to go through period or through period, through puberty. 
So our hormones are going to be hyper in the beginning. And again, because like our moms or our parents aren't taught to, okay, we have to support this and notice how our daughter's bodies are responding so that we can, you know, treat this naturally. When we go and do something like take the pill, we're just suppressing it. So the Mm -hmm. pill are chemical hormones that are nothing like our own bodies, especially the progesterone. It's progestin that's in there. And so it's synthetic. And these hormones, what they do is they go into your body. They communicate with the part of your brain called the pituitary gland. They shut down ovulation and they essentially put you into a state of uh, menopause or trick your body into a state of pregnancy. And so you do not ovulate at all when you are on the birth control pill. So every single month that a woman is taking the pill and she gets what she believes is her period, it's called a chemical withdrawal bleed. The only way that you actually get progesterone in your body and have a, a healthy, regular menstrual cycle is you have to go through all four phases. You have to go through the follicular phase of the follicles ripening on the ovaries. You have to go through ovulation where the egg is actually released. You have to go through the luteal phase. And then you have the culmination, which is a healthy menstrual cycle, anywhere from three to seven days long. What happens when you're on the pill The only reason you bleed is because you either stop taking the pill and you do the sugar pills, or you just stop the pill for that period of time. Mm -hmm. Now your period starts. It's a chemical withdrawal bleed. And for people who are like, no, I do not believe, there's no way. I'm going to challenge you here and I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Every woman who's taken the pill knows if you just didn't want to have your period this weekend coming up, you were getting married, you were going on the holidays. What did you do to not get your period? You just- You just kept taking the pill Mm -hmm. and guess what didn't happen? You didn't get a bleed because it's not a real period. Your real true period comes hell or high water, regardless of if you want it to show up. Actually, probably the more you don't want it to show up, it's going to come early. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I used to like stop the pill if I wanted my period, like to just, you know, come and then I would start a new pack. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so then we're also not taught that because I did that too. And I didn't know that there's implications as a result of doing that. So it, it's impacting us on that level. So that has, I mean, again, your hormones are chemical messengers. When we don't have enough progesterone, we don't have enough of a metabolite called pregnetidol, which that is what is helping to keep us in a parasympathetic state of our nervous system. Rest, digest, supporting GABA, supporting neurotransmitters that are keeping our brains feeling calm anti-anxiety hormones, happy, feel good. So when we're being chemically altered in that way, because that is literally what's happening to our bodies when we're on the pill, Mm -hmm. we will have these big swings. I remember when I was 15 and went on the first pill, I was fine for a couple of years. And then when I was 17, I started to get breakthrough bleeding. I was like, well, this isn't normal. And so I, I had it one period, period. And I was like, okay, I'll just note it. And then I got it the next month, this spotting again. And so I went to my doctor and I was like, look, I have this spotting. He said, no problem. We're going to put you on a different pill. You probably just need something a little stronger. I'm 17. Mm -hmm. I don't really think anything of it. He's in my family doctor. Always take this pill. It was Marvel on the one he switched me to. I remember this, like it was yesterday. And I stayed on this for two weeks. And in two weeks, my boobs grew an entire bra size. I was putting on weight. I was angry and sad all the time. There was no in between. My mood swings were atrocious. I felt like I was losing my frigging mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was like, mom, I don't know what is in this pill. And my oldest sister is 12 years older than me. And she was like, you got to go back, Jen. Like there's something in that pill. And so I went back to him and I told him everything that happened. And he sat there and looked at me. This is my family doctor for my whole life. And he said, 
I think maybe we should talk about a low dose Prozac. What? Oh yeah. my God. And I'm like, what? I was like, no, no, no. I said nothing. Like I'm, I'm fine. Nothing's different other than this pill you put And it was on only two weeks. <laughs> two weeks ago. Wow. So I, I had to fight in that office. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not taking an antidepressant. I want you to put me on a different pill. I need something lower. I've been doing reading. He's like, all right, fine. I'll give you a lower dose. Went on the lower dose. And then that was the one I stayed on until I came off. But that was again, another pivotal moment for me. And mm-hmm. that those kind of things need to happen to us sometimes in order to like, get us to shake our head and be like, what the hell? Yeah. Like what actually yeah. just happened? And the problem yeah. is, is that for so many women, because I was not in a good place when I was sitting in his office that day crying, saying what was going on sure. for a lot of women, they would just take it because they yeah. don't want to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I understand they would think that. that that's what they needed. Yeah, exactly. Because they put all the trust in, in their doctor. Yes. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. And then, so for me, like I was saying, I, I went through this postpartum acne after my son and through doing functional testing and my research in that, my sex hormone binding globulin, which had just been suppressed from being on the pill for all those years, carrying a boy in my body and having excess androgenic hormones, more testosterone, um, you know, and more of those metabolites, it just supercharged in my system and my own DHA and testosterone went through the roof. Wow. And that's what was driving the cystic acne. And it took me years and, I, and this is what I do for a living. Now, back then, because this it's been about, well, how old is Sam? So it's been about eight years um, since I, well, no, I was going through it for eight years. It's been about four years now since my skin has been completely clear. Wow. So not that long ago. Wow. And even me doing skin this looks for great living, now, by the way, it looks well, thank you. beautiful now. <laughs> thank you. But it was a, it was a long battle. And so I, I went down the path of Chinese medicine. I worked really closely with a Chinese medicine doctor for a few years. I, we you know, went down the, this is how I got involved in doing the Dutch test four years ago, 2017 mm-hmm. is, and it was fairly new on the market. And that test changed my life and the way that I run my practice, because it is, it's like finding the pot of gold mm-hmm. for a woman. Yeah, I've, I've done it too. I did it in between my, I did it after my second miscarriage and that's when, um, we realized that I had low progesterone and I don't think if it was, if it was, you know, I did the blood test as well. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have known I wouldn't have, you know, and I got pregnant so quickly with Logan after that. I I knew I needed some extra progesterone. And if I wouldn't have known that it would have probably ended up in another miscarriage. So, yeah. So those types of tests are, are super important. What would you say to somebody like if they use the birth control pill as a method of birth control, um, what is the other options out there? Like, I know, would you just inform them about their cycle and to maybe just like stay away from having sex at that week? Or how would you go about that? So there's no like cut, dry, black and white. (laughs) Every, everyone's going to be different. Um, and I also want to, I just want to also give some context to this too. So, um, I, so I'm adopted. I've met my whole birth family map, but I am the result of that. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents were 15 and 16 years old when they had me. And so, and I've always known that I was adopted. It was my bedtime story. When I was little, I had a really healthy relationship with it growing up, but I, I also always knew that 
it is possible to get pregnant as a teenager. And that's Mm -hmm. not something I wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. So I also think part of my like birth lineage and story is maybe why I do what I do. Um, because I always used to think, I wonder if my birth mom knew differently of things. Well, thank God she didn't, because then I wouldn't be here. But (laughs) so, you know, I would say that I'm going to take them through a couple of steps. The first thing I would say to women is that I would encourage you start to track your cycle. Okay. It's, Mm -hmm. it's one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself because you're, and here's the thing though, is that your app will guesstimate when you're ovulating. It doesn't actually know it's learning your pattern. So you really need to track, I say for a minimum of four to six months, because it has to start to learn the habits of your system. The, the more effective way is going to be using something called basal body temperature, which is getting up in the morning, taking your temperature, noting it down, waiting to see the spike, right? The rise in the fall. Um, and then also you can do luteinizing strips, which are very inexpensive that you could buy from the pharmacy and you urinate on those for X amount of days and you're going to get a positive that's going to let you know ovulation has happened. So if you're using like a fertility awareness method to not get pregnant, that's one approach. Now for some women, they're just like, I, that sounds like way too much for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then that's when you're looking at something like, um, there are spermicides that you can use. You can do condom like barrier method. Some people are going to be sensitive on a skin level and a vaginal pH level to some of those things, but that is an, obviously an option. I, I don't recommend for people to use like a pull out method. Um, you know, I think we all know people who have thought that that was the way to go and yeah. now have a child, right? And then you're looking at something like IUDs. Now there are different types of IUDs and an IUD is not the option for every woman. And this again is why you need to work with a practitioner and have a conversation with your doctor, because depending on your current health, it may not be an option for you. So there are hormonal IUDs like the Mirena IUD, the Kalia IUD. They have hormones that are time-released in your system. They're good for about five years. The problem with those is you will most likely lose your period as well. Mm. Um, IUDs can also become embedded in the uterine lining. A lot of women's bodies will actually try and absorb um, this object into their system. I've, I've had it happen with many a clients. Oh. Um, then you have a copper IUD, which was it does not have the hormones, but it changes the pH level um, in the vaginal microbiome so that it makes it inhospitable for the sperm to be able to actually swim upstream mm-hmm. and to meet the egg and to fertilize. There's no hormones in that, but for women who have uh, you know, copper toxicity, zinc deficiencies, thyroid illness, it may not be the best option for them. So again, these are all, I would say like, don't make your decision just based on a podcast episode. Yeah. You yeah. want to talk to practitioners. Yeah. Also, Everything's one of my really realized, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. And for women listening, um, one of my really good friends and colleagues, Dr. Jolene Brighton, um, she really is like the the trailblazer on the mission of educating women on the pill. And she has a book called beyond the pill Mm. and it is fantastic. And she talks about all different types of, um, you know, birth control, whether it's hormonal or not. So if this is a conversation really resonating with your listeners, Dr. Jolene Brighton beyond the pill, I would recommend those for sure. Awesome. Thanks Um, for sharing. And then there's things like the Depo-Provera shot. There's different patches. You need to be really careful with these. Um, anytime we're putting synthetics into our system, mm-hmm. you, you cannot go back in and get it out. 
Like once it's in, it's in your body. And depending on your body, there can be a cascading ripple effect that can happen. And unfortunately with that, we don't know what those effects could be in your body until it's in your body. So, um, yeah. So there is lots of options. You just have to there find the right option for you and have that yeah. guidance there. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's really great information. So what do you have going on? I know as a fellow mompreneur, you got a lot of stuff going on. You have your programs, what's yeah. new and exciting in your world that maybe you're offering new or you just had a retreat. Can we chat about that? Yeah. Yes. So I started offering a year long mentorship this year called the audacious woman. And this stems from years of, of teaching different programs and working with women. And so the hormone project is like my, my main hub, my baby. This is where we work with women in a one-on-one capacity and, and it's really an educational program as well. And I have other coaches that work inside of this and it's where we do all the functional testing. So it's where we do the Dutch. It's where we do GI map testing. It's where we do organic acids, the blood, all of that. The Audacious Woman was a a passion project that I really wanted to create because as I look back over my last 25 years, you know, building my company and the last 15 of doing it as a mother and, you know, just going through moments of losing myself in it Mm -hmm. and, and hitting burnout. And, you know, we're such amazing multi-dimensional creatures, us women. And we have such ability to to bloom that sometimes we we say yes too much because we're just mm-hmm. hungry for it all. And then we are the ones that are sacrificed. Yeah. And so I definitely went through this multiple times. And the Audacious Woman was an opportunity for me to bring a small group of women together and guest speakers. And so we actually are spending this entire year working on um, rewriting our limiting beliefs and the stories that we've told ourselves that really Mm -hmm. have got us in, like, we need to get out of our own way. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. are addressing our finances. I'm real. I am like, I call myself a financial ninja now. I just, you know, (laughs) we, (laughs) we went through hard times and allowing myself to rewrite my money story and understand the emotion that was connected to that. Um, you know, it, it has helped us so much. And so we're spending time with these women, helping them with their finances, feeling empowered and educated there and resilient and also um, independent, like financial independence. And, yes. and this isn't just things like how to invest in the bank. We even talk about things like cryptocurrency and like, you know, different level of savings and really understanding your numbers. And I bring guest experts in as well. We talk about sex and desire, intimacy, you know, the relationship to others, but the relationship to ourselves. We work with an energy and intuitive healing coach throughout this as well, too. So this program isn't about like helping women build a business or, you know, any of that. It is literally helping her honor her the woman, the individual, so that we can take care of her. So then she has the capacity to show up in these that areas confidence. that she wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's doing it in a way now where she has boundaries. I love it. I love it. And, you know, finance and sex are are not common topics that women talk about at all, you know? Yeah. 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 So we have that going on. And then, um, you know, I have I have fun things happening um, with Strong, with the magazine. We're writing all about synced and cycle syncing and shooting for that. And um, right now I'm actually working with the medical director of Dutch. Um, We're actually, I'm creating a program for practitioners. 
um, to help them because more and more people have the ability to test now, but it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a difficult test to understand. Yes. And more than that, when you are explaining the results to a woman, you don't want to explain this to her as a clinician because yeah. she does not understand this. Yeah. Yeah. And so That's I'm exactly, I, I was so confused when I was getting yeah. it explained. I had to like, really like study, study yeah. it on my own to just try and make sense of it all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'm working. Um, so we're working together and we're going to be, we launched the program in June. Um, we have a webinar happening at the end of April, um, mentoring practitioners to really step outside of your clinical hat and just be the, the, the woman across from another woman, helping her understand what's going on in her body so that we can help actually create change because everybody's like, Oh, I was signed me up for the test. But if you mm-hmm. don't understand the results, and then you don't understand what to do moving forward. What's the point of what's doing the, the point? Test mm-hmm. Yeah, for that. I love that. So I love yeah, that. so I've got um, yeah, so we've got we've got some stuff happening. Amazing. And where can where can we where can all our listeners find you? Uh, so they can go to my website, jenpike.com. Instagram is where I probably spend the most time. My name is spelt with two N's. Uh, so Jen Pike, and then uh, on my podcast, the Simplicity Sessions. Love it. And I always ask my guests this at the end. What does the word strong mean to you? Honestly, to me, it is synonymous with being a woman. It is, I see the word strong and I just, I just envision this, you know, fierce, empowered, feminine goddess of a woman. And strong is not about what you lift or, you know, what you have or what your own, it, it lives in you. It is a feeling and a sensation. Um, and it's quiet, like a quiet strength to me is the most beautiful kick-ass strength that I can witness. I love that answer, Jen. I love it. And thank you so much. I, I learned a lot today from you. I think our listeners did as well. Um, so guys, yeah, check out Jen's podcast, go to her website. Uh, thank you again so much for being here and you know sharing all the goods of hormones and what not to do, and what to look out for. I really, really appreciate you, Jen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And that's a wrap on another episode guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.